22 and 30, and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Notice the Lord said, I sought for a man among them. Then in 2 Timothy chapter 2, in verse number 2, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. What you've heard of me among many witnesses, that you commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I want to preach. When I, when I use men, I just reference mankind. I believe God uses women too. But the kind of men that God needs or the kind of men that God is indeed looking for. Father, we ask you to help us. God, you hear this voice. Whatever went wrong this evening, it's been fine. The whole India trip this morning, all day long, it's been fine. I pray you'll touch it tonight. Yes. Just enable me to preach without it going out. I ask you, O oh God, anoint what you've laid upon our heart to preach and to say and on our ears to hear it and our hearts to receive it. I pray that what you sought for in Ezekiel that you'll find in this house tonight. And I pray what the Apostle Paul charged Timothy with would become our charge tonight. That we would teach men, faithful men, what we've been taught. Because you need such in the kingdom, especially in this hour. Granted, we pray in Jesus' name. You love him, would you say amen? So in our second verse, we find Paul giving a charge to Timothy to teach others what he, in fact, had taught him. Who in turn, after being taught by Timothy, would be able to go out and teach others what they've been taught. So in this charge, we learn how the Lord's church is to operate and to grow, actually to propagate itself, to perpetuate Pentecost, if you will, by those who have been taught, finding those who are faithful, teaching them to teach others. A continual cycle of hearing and learning and teaching. So what kind of man is God looking for? I sought for a man to stand in the gap and to make up the hedge. What kind of man is God seeking for? What kind of Christian is God seeking for? Number one, faithful men. When I say faithful men, I mean faithful to the Lord. Now, if you're faithful to the Lord, you're going to be faithful in a lot of things. So number one, it's faithful to the Lord, just as the Lord himself was faithful. What makes a man faithful? Because he who is faithful lives in him. Do you know we? the name of the Lord is Jesus Christ? Jesus his title is Christ, the anointed one. But when John saw him in Revelation, riding a white horse, the vesture of his garment dipped in blood and upon his thigh, meaning the lower section of his garment was written the name, faithful and true. I heard somebody Quote that verse and said, Jesus got a tattoo on his thigh. 
faithful and true. I thought, that's all you got out of that? Man, you need another preacher. <laughs> I don't think the Lord's got a tattoo on his thigh that says faithful and true. The author's intention was to let us know his name is faithful. His name depicts his character, his person. He is truth personified, and he was the epitome of faithfulness to God. As a matter of fact, the scripture trying to explain Jesus' sole intent for taking on flesh and becoming a man. Lo, it is written of me in the volume of the book, I am come to do thy will, O God. Jesus again speaking, he said, I am not alone. He that sent me is with me. For I do always those things that are pleasing unto him. He's faithful. Hebrews 3 and 2. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus who was faithful to him that appointed him, that being the father, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. We're faithful, or we should be faithful, because Christ, who's in us, is faithful. Just as Paul himself was counted faithful in 1 Timothy 1 and 12, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. I have found God is not looking for a certain quality in your life to call you into the ministry. God is not looking for a talent or an ability in order to use you for the kingdom. I'll tell you what God's looking for. Availability. If every time God looks up, you're there. If every time God spreads the table, you're sitting at the table. Every time God walks into the garden to fellowship with man and he sees you there, guess what? I think I'm going to use this guy. Because he's always here. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people get jealous over the years. They've been in the church 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years and they get lapped by a new convert. Nothing to be jealous of. If you want to be used by God, show yourself faithful. Right. That means more than just coming to church. That means when you wake up in the morning, make yourself an audience with God. Yes. When you're in your long time, open that Bible up and read it. Not just searching for a sermon, but a devotion where God can talk to you through his word. I just believe when you read the Bible, God's talking to you. You've got an audience with God when you open your Bible. God is talking to you. And how you respond to what he says gives you an audience with God. Thank you, Lord, for talking to me. Thank you for truth. Buy the truth and sell it not. Oh, God, what you desire of me, what your word is spoken to me, help me to hide it in my heart that I might not sin against you. That means that you got to read it 20 times. Somebody told me that they were talking to a minister and he said, man, I just have trouble recalling scripture. I just forget it so easy. And he said, the preacher told him, here's what I do. You in a book? We're in 2 Timothy tonight. He said, read it. He said, I read it 20 times, whole book. Just read that chapter 20 times. Right. He said, you read something 
20 times in a row. You're rehearsing everything it said. It's being rehearsed over and over and over again in your mind. You're hearing it over and over and over again in your heart, in your spirit. And God is going to recall it to your memory. He's going to plant, and you're saying to God, I'm hungry to hear. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. I'm hungry for truth. I want to know you by revelation of your word. I mean, he said, any man lack wisdom, let him ask for it. And God won't upbraid you for it. He won't call you a dunce. He won't look down on you or scold you for having to ask him for wisdom. God said, I'm glad to give it to you. I'm glad you hung like a man wanting seconds. And his wife says, I'm glad you like it. Here's some more. <laughs> Amen. Spoken from an expert on seconds. <laughs> God is looking for faithful men. The same commit thou to faithful men. Faithful to the Lord himself. And also faithful to the word. 2 Timothy 1 and 13, hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Hold fast to the form of sound words. He's talking about the word of God you've heard preached and it's sound in its doctrine. Hold on to it. Don't be tossed about with every wind of doctrine. Do you know there are doctrines of devils out there? Right. That don't mean that men are preaching that you ought to love Satan. That you ought to live like the devil. That you ought to love sin and love the world. I want to tell you a doctrine of the devil is anything that takes the soundness away from God's word. If it's a, if it's a, a gospel that don't have a cross in it, and Jesus said, unless you deny yourself and take up your cross, you can't be mine. A gospel with no cross and no self-denial, but rather encourage yourself indulgent is a doctrine of the devil. I'd get out of that church. Hold fast the form of sound words that thou hast heard of me in faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. We gotta be faithful to God and faithful to his word. Then he said in 2 Timothy chapter three, beginning at verse 14, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and has been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scripture which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God or is God breathed and is profitable for doctrine. God said this word is good at teaching you how to live. Right. Teaching you what to do, where to go, how to behave, what to say, where not to be, who not to be with. That's doctrine. For reproof, for correction, the word of God. Jesus, or, or Paul said, the word of God is God's way of correcting you. Chastising you. Disciplining you. You ever been whipped by my mom, by my dad, one time by my granny Sullivan, and by my Lord, whipped. And I knew I was getting whipped too. And I learned from it too. I learned when you got whipped by my mama, you didn't run. Or that whipping would last a long time. It'd take my sister 30 minutes to get a whipping. 
chase her through every room in the house. She trying to grab the, the switch. She would grab it sometime. Mama go break another one off. The more she fought, the madder my mama got. I learned that lay across the bed, grit your teeth, hold on for dear life. It'll be over with in a little bit. If you don't like the stripes, don't do it again. I mean, that, that's pretty easy to learn. We talk about, I was talking with Caitlin, we getting these grandbabies potty trains, you know. She's the only way I could break cutting her dad. I, I tried timeouts. I tried every, I read books that say, you know, make them go naked. I Zoom call her, video call her. He'd be running around the house, no, not a stitch of clothes on. I said, get some clothes on the boy. She said, well, the book says, you know, they don't, they don't want to do that if, you know, they ain't nothing to catch it. So I said, no, nah, I'll tell you how to do it. You, you're going to have to whip it behind. That's the only way you're going to break it. That's the way my mama broke it. <laughs> when they used cloth diapers back in the day, cloth diapers, with big old diaper pins, and rubber panties. When they got tired of washing them cloth diapers, I can tell you, you started getting whipped. That's enough of that. That's all there's going to be of that. <laughs> I don't know how I got off on that. When she said, Dad, that's the only way I broke him, I whipped him. That's the only way God's ever broke me. Whip me. How does he do it? Through the word of God. I've been to a many a camp meeting. And a man anointed by God didn't know it. He's preaching to me. Hallelujah. Preaching to me. I get down there in that altar under severe conviction. I am so sorry, God. I am pierced through. I am cut to the quick of my soul. And I grieved your spirit. And that grieves me. Please forgive me. You don't forget that. You get up changed. It's called repentance. Whether you're a sinner or you've been serving God 40 years. Jesus said, except you repent, you'll perish. And the word of God is high correction. And when he corrects you, he demands repentance. If there's a gospel, if sound words of doctrine are preached and there's no repentance, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Faithful to the church. Woo, everybody said amen. Faithful to the church. Colossians 1 and verse number 7. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love. In the spirit. They sent. Paul sent Epaphras. To the church. In Colossae. And Epaphras ministered to that church. And he brought back a report. To the apostle Paul. Of their fervent love of Christ. In the spirit. And their faithfulness. To the church. And in his letter he commended them. For their faithfulness unto God and unto the church. Amen. Those are, what, what kind of men is God looking for? Number two, teachable men. Not just faithful men, teachable men. The same commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Meaning, they had been taught by him and now they would go out and teach others what they had learn themselves, Amen. which is biblical because Jesus said in Matthew 28, he said, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature, making disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them, teaching them to observe whatsoever things that I commanded you. Teach them what I spent three and a half years 
teaching you. That's the gospel. That's how it works. That's what discipleship is. I'm meeting with Mike tomorrow. I'm going to his house. I said, we'd sit at your house. We'd go eat supper. Whatever. We're going to hang out. What are you going to do? I'm going to disciple him. I'm going to talk to him about what it is to be faithful, faithful to God, faithful to the church, faithful to your family, faithful to the word of God, just being faithful. And you know what? He's going to relate to it. Why? Because he's ex-Marine. I was raised by a Marine, and their battle cry is simplified. That's Latin for always faithful. Faithfulness resounds in that boy. It's the battle cry, not only of the Marine Corps, it's the battle cry of the New Testament church. Faithful. God needs not only faithful, but he needs teachable. Willing to be taught by others. Unless men are willing to be taught, then this gospel don't work. Timothy provides a good example, willing first to be taught, the scripture said, by his mother and then his grandmother. He had been taught by them. Paul said, when I recall the unfeigned faith in your mama and in your grandmother, I'm also persuaded it's in you because you got raised in that house. I know what's in them, and I know what they've put in you. Amen. Willing first to be taught by them. He said, uh, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scripture, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And then in Acts 16, in verses uh, 1 through 3, then came he to Derby and Lystra. Behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman which was a Jewish, Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren which were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have, have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. I'll tell you how much of a student Timothy was and how much he was willing to sit under the apostle Paul and learn at his feet. Paul said, the Jews are never going to accept you. Even though your mama's a Jew, your father's a Gentile, and you haven't been circumcised. Paul was called to reach the Gentiles. He was the apostle sent unto the Gentiles, but he was always trying to reach the Jews. He said, I'll be whatever I need to be to any people group that I'm in so that I might win them. Didn't mean that he would compromise the word of God. That's not what he was saying at all. He was saying, if it'll help me. He had no confidence in the circumcision of the flesh. He said, but if it'll help me with an open door to the Jews, I will be circumcised. And he taught that to Timothy and circumcised Timothy. I'm just telling you, if we're too haughty to be taught, yeah. and part of being taught is to learn to follow by example. Right. I want to say much of what is evangelism has been trial and error of somebody else's life, yeah. of what works and what don't work. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I talked to people going out on the street. They got good intentions. 
Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. I just want to come out here and tell you, Jesus loves you. I heard Brother Daniel say they went to Pensacola. They have all that gay pride stuff and them homosexuals prancing around out there on the beach. Jesus loves you. We know he does. He made us this way. He said, I learned real quick, you need another message. <laughs> I don't know through the years what that message was. But what was that? It's learning. Trial and error. Hey, Jesus does love everybody. But I can guarantee you he don't love that lifestyle. He don't love that sin. And they need to hear something else besides Jesus loves you. <laughs> they need to hear some come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord, and touch not what God calls unclean. Then I'll be a father unto you and you'll be my son and my daughter. But until then, it's no go. Amen. And what he learns through ministry years down the road, he's going to impart that into somebody else that wants to do street ministry. Because that's what discipleship is. is teaching other people what God has taught you. We got to be willing to be taught by others and then we got to be willing to be taught of our own self. You say, how so? Self-study. Self-study is such an important part of being able to teach others. If you don't know what you're talking about, how are you going to teach somebody else? 2 Timothy 2 and 15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. First right. Timothy 4 and 13, till I come give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery, Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Be a student of the word of God. Study it. Meditate on it. Immerse yourself in it and you'll save others just like it saved you. In Ezra chapter 7 and verse number 10, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Yeah. Ezra prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. That's self-study. I'm going to seek God's will through his word. And when God reveals it to me, I'm going to do it. And what God teaches me, I'm going to declare it. I'm going to preach it. I'm going to tell it to others. Men who are not always looking or waiting for others to teach them, but will study on their own. I'll tell you, you ain't always going to have a preacher to chase. You ain't always going to have access. I, Brother B.H. Condon was a great mentor. He's in heaven now. You better know how to study the word of God for yourself. There's only so much Clendon sermons you can listen to online. There's only so much advice you can be given from one individual. You need to learn to study for yourself. You need to learn how to immerse yourself in God's word and let God talk to you and teach you through the study of his word. So we need to be, God's looking for men that are faithful. God's looking for men that are teachable. 
And then God's looking for men that'll teach others what they've been taught. Willing to teach others. When you get born again, you're going to have to talk. I don't, I've never been a talker. I go on a trip and I'm the guy that don't say much. I'm around a lot of other preachers. They do all the talking. I do a lot of listening. Sometimes that's the best policy. That's right. Bible said even a fool, if he don't open his mouth, won't nobody know it. <laughs> so sometimes it's better just to be quiet. I learned that talking to Brother Clinton, and I said, what about this? He looked at me like, boy, give me the answer, and I thought, oh, I shouldn't have asked such a question. Willing to teach others means that I'm going to have to open my mouth. I told God when, he, when I was seeking a baptism of the Holy Ghost, I said, I know I'm supposed to speak with other tongues, but can you let me do it real softly? Can I whisper it under my breath? I'll know I got it. You'll know I got it. But I don't want to have to say it out loud in front of nobody. The night God baptized me in the Holy Ghost, I jumped up and down. Shouting about as loud as I could shout. Hallelujah. I'm still hollering all the time. As a matter of fact, I have to pick days to try to say nothing and talk to nobody because I've stripped all my gears. And somebody said, You ain't saying much, so I'm trying to save my voice. I got to preach again. I just learned that when the Holy Ghost came, He came talking. Hallelujah. When the Holy Ghost came, he came speaking. And I'm baptized in him. And I'm going to have to talk. I'm going to have to speak up. I'm going to have to tell somebody what God has said to me. Thank you, Lord. He'll give you boldness to talk. Jeremiah said his word was in my mouth. You come to know him, he'll put his word in your mouth. Show you a revelation. Teach you what he wants you to know. That's a word in the mouth. But he said, I was weary and forbearing. I spoke and nobody wanted to hear what I had to say. So I said, I ain't talking no more. I ain't saying nothing else because they don't want to hear it. But the word in the mouth, he said, became a fire in my bones. And he said, I couldn't stay down. And I couldn't hold my peace. I had to tell it to everybody I come in contact with. That's what it is. Not only faithful to the Lord, faithful to his word, Faithful to the church, uh, but a man that can be taught. Uh, and not only a man that can be taught, uh, but when that word in the mouth becomes fire in the bones, I'm willing to talk uh, to other people about what God has put in my heart. That's what Christianity is. Amen. He said in 1 Corinthians 4 and 17, for this cause, talking to the church in Corinth. For this cause I have sent unto you Timothy as Timothy, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. He said, I have taken Timothy with me everywhere I've been. He has planted churches with me. He has worked with me in, in, in the street. Uh, he has been with me in outreaches. Uh, I've taken that boy all over Asia Minor. And I can't come, but I'm sending him. He's going to teach you everything he knows from my mouth. I poured into that boy, and he's going to take it and pour into you. Yeah. You understand, they didn't have, at the time, the 
B-I-B-L-E. His letter to them telling them I'm sending Timothy. That became the Bible. <laughs> that became the Bible. But at the time all they had was word of mouth to word of mouth. Go pour into them what I poured into you by my life with my example with how you've seen me live in my character. I was a lot to say about our conversation. The conversation wasn't talk or dialogue. dialogue. The conversation was your life. It was how you lived. It was how you conducted yourself. Paul could depend on Timothy to teach others. In 1 Timothy 1 and 3, as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith. So do. He said, I besought you to stay behind at Ephesus and teach men how to live while I went on into Macedonia and Timothy become the pastor of the Ephesian church. Right. Teaching others makes us a faithful minister of Christ. I gotta quit. First Timothy 4 and 6, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. Men don't keep the truth they love to themselves, but they share it with everybody they know. Right. Amen. Willing to teach according to their abilities. Not everybody serves as a teacher in a formal sense, but in 1 Corinthians 12 and 29, are all apostles? I can tell you, no. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Have all the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? That mean give out or deliver a message in tongue? No. Do all interpret? No. But covet earnestly the best gifts. And yet show I unto you a more excellent way. He told them that did speak with other tongues. He said, then you, ought, you need to also pray that God will give you the interpretation so that the whole church be edified. He said, but I'd rather speak a word in my understanding more than all the words that I speak in tongue. Because the intent is to edify or to teach that church. You, you preaching against tongues? No more than the apostle Paul was. He said, I speak in tongues more than any of you. He said, but the object, he said, the more excellent way is for you to be able to speak words of edification to that church. Right. Amen. I've seen some people speak in tongues, speak in tongues, speak in tongues, but every time they open their mouth, it ain't tongues coming out. It's some kind of ignorance. Yeah. Right. It's some kind of strife. Yeah. It's some kind of carnal something or another. Yeah. I thought, man, you need to learn. You got speaking in tongues down pat. It's that other part you need to work on. James 3 and 1, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in the work, not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Ephesians 4 and 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers, but everyone should be able to teach others Something. You ought to be able to teach somebody something. Yeah. 
even if you're not a teacher. First Peter 4, 10, 11, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Curse if you help me, I need to quit. <clears throat> One of those messages you're teaching as much as preaching. I'll, I'll, if I don't cut it off, I'll be all night. Romans 12, verse 3, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith or ministry let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Just tell you, every man's got something to do. Every man's got something to say. Everybody's got something to teach. Amen. In closing, this gospel spread all over the face of this world, all, all over, all the way into Foley, Alabama, because God found Somebody faithful. The only way it ain't going to die with us is that if we'll be faithful. Faithful to teach others what's been taught to us. You know, godly people have sown into my life. As a child, it was my, my grandpa. As a young adult, being born again, it was C.D. Collins, Tim Collins, Kenny Morris, Daryl Turner, B.H. Clinton. I could keep going. Godly men sown into my life. They have taught me some incredible truth. They have taught me how to conduct myself as a minister. Things that I should do, things that I ought not to do that may not necessarily be sin. They may not be heaven or hell issues, but you need to live in such a way that people respect the office that you hold. Your life should demand an audience. It should demand their attention, demand their respect. I was taught that. I haven't forgotten. I was taught to guard myself in the ministry. Brother C.D. Collins, my Sunday school teacher, he said there's a pastor, pastor, similar God, Pastor Gooley years ago. He said, I worked with him at the shipyard. He said, man, he'd carry on and cuss like a sailor said I got witnessing to him one day and he broke down and started crying he said I used to be you I said what do you mean he said I was a preacher Pentecostal preacher I pastored in Assembly of God Church he said really he said what happened he said oh it was innocent at first it started real simple he said, me and my wife trying to grow that church. He said, doing outreach. He said, bus ministry, couldn't get nobody to drive the bus. We'd go out and knock on doors and get people wanting to come to church. He said, I'd drive the bus, go get them. I had to drive the bus, bring them back to church, get there early enough to be on time to preach. After church was over, 
I take them all home. He said, we want a young lady to the Lord. Said, beautiful girl, beautiful. He said to her, I was her hero. He said, the attention she gave me. In my mind, I wasn't getting that attention at home. He said it started out, she was the first one I'd drop off on the bus route on the way home after church. He said, but the closer we got, he said it got to where I just dropped her off last. He said she asked me one night, she said, Preacher, won't you come in and drink a glass of tea with me? He said, I knew better to do it. I went in, he said, it happened. He said, I fell into morals, failure, sin, adultery. He said, I lost my marriage. I lost my family. I lost my church. He said, because I didn't guard myself. He said, if I had to do over again, preacher, I'd let my wife rode that van with me. And if she couldn't have, I'd have had a deacon in church ride that van with me. Never would I have been alone with anybody that I shouldn't have been. He taught that to me when he found out God called me to preach. He said, you gonna go visit? You gonna knock on that door? He ain't home from work yet. And in your congregation, you love them. They like family to you. That wife's gonna say he'll be home. Any minute now, just come on in. He said, you got other people to visit other places to go. He said, number one, you ain't as holy as you think you are. And number two, he don't need to come home and find you in his house with his wife and nobody else there. Guard yourself. I've I, I just found it to be the safest possible. That ain't Bible. That's just wisdom. That's one man of God that's 97 years old and still preaching the gospel. Been married over 75 years still preaching the gospel putting something in me so the devil can't end my ministry prematurely. This church is going to last. If the gospel is going to continue to be preached you're going to have to teach others what God has taught you. A lot of it's going to be what God's taught you in his word. A lot of it's going to be Learn wisdom from what God's poured into other men or other women. Just got to make sure I'm one of those that God can commit it to. The same commit thou to faithful men who will teach somebody else after you've taught them. I want to be him. I want to be one. God can commit and entrust this gospel. You know that God has committed unto us his word, the gospel of his son. You know that God has committed unto us the treasure of Pentecost. Somebody said, don't believe in speaking in other tongues. You better read the Bible, it's in there. This promise is to you, your children, all them that are far off. And I'm more than Pentecostal in doctrine, honey. I'm Pentecostal by experience. got an old cassette tape. My grandpa said, some of you, y'all don't believe in speaking in tongues. He said, I'm about to murder your experience. I'm about to mess you all up. Because he wasn't going to hold back. The Holy Ghost is going to fall. You want your children to be Pentecostal? Then you be Pentecostal. You want them to have victory? Well, then act like you got some. Don't be afraid that when they're singing about how good God is, step yourself out to the aisle. Pop your hands together. Shout glory to somebody. It just might be that the Holy Ghost will fall on you. Your grandchildren grow up mocking you how you worship God. We did, my grandpa. 
we did my grandpa. One day it ain't going to be just play pretend. One day it's going to be I want for myself what he's got. Do in me what you did in them. You know my prayer was watching that godly man live and preach. Watching C.D. Cawley and Tim Cawley and Kenny Morris. I said, God, please do in me what you've done in them. I didn't want, I wasn't saying to God, I want to preach. But I seen the walk they had with God. I said, I want to walk with God. I want your hand to be on me. Like I want to know what that feels like when they're feeling what they're feeling right now. I, I watched in you camp, Brother Lamar Chapman, my first time I ever met him. I watched how he prayed for those kids. He gyrated me. All in, I've never seen nobody pray like that. And I said to God, I want to pray like Lamar Chapman. I want to feel what he's feeling when he's praying for those kids. I'd watch those men of God preach. I said, God, put that in me. That they're feeling that they preach like that, like a wild man. Put that in me. I'd see somebody worship God. They'd shout the victory. I said, Lord, I want to worship like that. Pour it in me like you poured it in them. not it'll die with me it can't you have to perpetuate Pentecost Paul told Timothy find faithful men that'll let you pour into them what I've poured into you so the church can be the church would you meet me in this altar tonight let that be your prayer find me faithful Lord find me faithful in all that I do all that I am help me to be faithful number one to be taught of you but to be able to teach others also my God to make disciples of every nation teaching others to observe the things you've taught me to observe you said Lo, I'm with you always even unto the end of the age oh God help us 